Happy Easter to you. He is risen. We're so thankful that you joined us on this wonderful celebration day. Easter is one of the most important holidays, if not the most important holiday of Christianity. And so we want to talk a little bit about that today. And we want to uh, share our testimonies of what Jesus means to us. If you have your Bible, we are going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 41. And this passage of scripture is the Apostle Peter. He is standing up and he is preaching on the day of Pentecost. So this is several days, 40 days after Jesus has ascended into heaven. But he gives us a very good description of exactly what happened on Easter Sunday. And so we're going to pick up Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through verse 31 is going to be read by Xavier. And then Blair will be completing it for us. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, and I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God was, had sworn with an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day 3,000 souls. This is the reading of God's word. The focus on the very end of what Jesus did on the cross was, yes, he was crucified, and we celebrated that on Good Friday just a few days ago. However, what Jesus did 
on the work of the cross, what he did, even though he never traveled more than 30 miles outside of where he was living at the time of his ministry for those three and a half years that he ministered, that work spread throughout all of the world unto all generations, unto people who were afar off. And we are recipients of what Jesus did, whether we are here in India or whether we are in Africa or whether we are in Europe or whether we're in North America, we have been reached by the blessed love of Jesus Christ, the work that he did on the cross for us and for our sins. And so we want to share with you briefly our testimony today. We've talked about our testimonies before. We've given testimonies of what Jesus has done in our lives before, but it's always good for us to renew. And I want to encourage you to also do the same thing. And so today we're going to tell our testimonies and we thank you for joining us on this awesome podcast. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I asked Christ Jesus into my heart at the age of eight years old. And the reason I did is because uh, there was a dynamic change in, in my household when I was growing up as a, as a young one. Um, at the age of five, my parents had divorced and my mom, she was a practicing witch. And she and her heart after the divorce um, had sensed that there was power in the name of Jesus. And she completely radically gave her heart to Christ Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior and never bowed down to the ways of Satan again. And through her dynamic change of ridding out everything from the home, the, the Ouija board, the tarot cards, the zodiac signs, and etc. of all the forms of witchcraft that were in there, um, we began uh, attending a, a church that there the Lord was just evident. He was just present. And I knew that the sweetness that my mom's radicalness of giving her heart to the Lord, I was like, there is something to this name of Jesus Christ. And at the age of eight, I, I asked Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior and to forgive me of all my sins that I had inside of me. And I vowed to God that I would follow him all the days of my life. And that is what I've, I've done. Absolutely. So follow-up question. Is the day you gave your heart to Jesus the only day that you need to commit yourself to him? No, because there are ways of life that, you know, lies can creep in and you can begin telling lies. Sin creeps in and you need to daily ask Christ Jesus to forgive you of the sins. Um, we are not perfect, but we strive to be perfect, to be in perfection for Christ Jesus. One day when we meet him face to face, when our time comes to, to go to heaven and I I have to ask Christ to forgive me because there are things that I know that are still that I need to work on um, because I do need Christ in my life um, each and every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next testimony. I'll go next. So at the age of three, I was at a VBS. I was at a VBS and I'd always been around Christianity because both of you guys are, were youth pastors and everything. So I'd known it for three years of my life <laughs> and my older sister believed in Christ wholeheartedly 
but I never really understood the point of accepting him into my heart, even though I was three years old. So at a vacation Bible school, they were talking about Christ's sacrifice for us and that we are all sinners and that every time we do something wrong, which I had really felt convicted of doing stuff wrong and getting in trouble is that that's sin and that God can take that away from us and that I don't have to do that anymore and that mommy and daddy won't be so mad at me if when I do something wrong, even though they're never really mad at me, but I won't be punished and I won't feel as guilty because Christ will forgive me even though I did do something wrong and I do need to be punished for what I did wrong. He will still forgive me and be there with me and he'll never leave me. And so in that, at that moment, I decided to give my heart to Jesus. And so I was a little three-year-old crying my eyes out and asked Christ into my heart. And ever since then, I followed him wholeheartedly until about the age of 12, whenever I started to discover that other Christians weren't as strong in their faith as my family or my parents were and that they did stuff wrong all the time, and that I had a very deep battle within myself of the fact that I see things very black and white, and these people are supposed to be good, but they're doing stuff that's evil. And so that really hurt me and made me think, what's, what's the point of worshiping Jesus when all these people that claim to be Christians are evil? And so in that, I went through a couple months of discovery of, What's the point in worshiping him? What are the other gods like out here in India or in the world? And see what they have to offer. And I had to come to the realization that it's not about what other people do. It's about my personal relationship with Christ and who Christ is to me. And the light that I shine, he shines through me. And so in that, I discovered that I shouldn't be so worried about what everyone else is doing because that's their own personal journey. And what they're doing wrong will be judged whenever they die. But that's not for me to worry about. That's for them to worry about for their own life. And I need to be concerned with my life. And so I rededicated myself to Christ. And ever since then, I have strived to in, to be perfect like God is perfect and continue to live after him. Absolutely. And follow-up question for you. Is your faith completely dependent on that of mine and mommy's? Or in just a few months, you're going to be going out on your own to university. Is your faith your faith? Or is your faith dependent on us or the history of Christianity in your family in general? He'd answer me, not because my parents were believers, but because he truly cared about me. Wonderful. Okay, I'm here. Excellent. When I was four years old, um, I was playing with my brother inside of our own bedroom, and I accidentally called him a bad word. And Xavier told me, Mallory, you're not supposed to say that word. And I didn't know, but then I felt very, very guilty that I called him that word, and I told him that I was sorry. And so then my parents went inside the kitchen, and I told them, that I said a bad word towards Savior and that I didn't mean it. And my dad asked me, have I ever asked Jesus into my heart? And I said, no. So he started telling me about Jesus and I was like, I want to ask him into my heart. And I was crying this whole entire time. 
and my parents hugged me like a sandwich, and I was crying while we prayed so that way Jesus could forgive me of my sins. And so is your faith your faith today, or is your faith dependent on your brother and your mom and dad, or the sins you commit and the guilty feeling you feel, or is your faith dependent on Jesus loving you because he created you? My faith is on Jesus loving me because if I sin, I feel very guilty about it, and I don't know why. Okay. And do you believe that Jesus is ordering your steps every day, preparing you for what you have in store? Yeah. Has he given you dreams and visions of what's yet to happen? Do you have plans for the future? Mm, kind of. And are those your plans or are those somebody else's plans? Are they mine and mommy's plans mm. for you? Huh? No. They're not our plans for you, are they? But they're plans that you've come up with between your relationship, between you and whom? God. Okay. Wonderful. So I will share my testimony. Last but not least, very importantly, when I was younger, I also had an opportunity to hear about Jesus and accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. I was approximately eight years old. Um, however, when I did accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I had no idea the rough road, the rough, rough things that were yet to come in my life. And if I had, it wouldn't have changed whether I gave my heart to Jesus or not. The one thing they would have done, though, is it would have made things a lot more easier had I continued to just cling on to him in those moments that I had hardships in later on in my life. As those hardships developed, like for instance, my parents divorcing, uh, bouncing around from house to house, not really knowing where I was going to live as a 12, 13, 14 year old young man, uh, finding out when I was about 17, 18 years old, that my sister was being molested by the man that my mom married, my stepfather. All of these situations continued to happen in my life, and they were situations that caused me doubt and fear and even questioning who is God and why would he allow these kinds of things to happen. And so when I was 16 years old, I had a lot of things really going on in turmoil and struggles and didn't know what my future was. And though I was a young man, 16 years of age, I was gone away from my parents at a camp and I was in a gymnasium or a gymatorium, if you will. Uh, basketball court was there. There were bleachers. And when I went into this Jim, there was nobody else in the whole entire place. And I heard a voice from God's, uh, heard a voice, I should say, saying to me, Matt, are you going to follow me? And in that moment, I thought somebody is surely talking to me. So I started searching around the vicinity of where I was at. I even went outside, who's talking to me? And again, I heard a voice say to me, Matt, are you going to follow me? Will you give your heart to me? And I was like, who in the world is talking to me? And a third time I heard a voice say to me, Matt, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or to hell? And it was in that moment that I really realized that it was the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart, not audibly like I'm speaking to you today, but instead it was a voice that was in the inner depths of myself as I was going through things that I was trying to battle with, like 
what am I going to be as a man? Who am I going to be as a man? Am I going to follow in the same footsteps as my parents who told me that I was worthless and that I would never amount to anything? Or was I going to break that chain? Was I going to follow after Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Or was I going to continue to be a hypocrite as Xavier spoke about in his testimony earlier? Or was I going to give my everything to Jesus? And in that moment, I chose that I was going to give my everything to Jesus. And, and as I asked Blair earlier, does that mean that my life has been completely sinless and perfect ever since? She can tell you 100%. Absolutely not. You can ask Xavier and Mallory. You can ask Addison. Has my life been perfect since that moment? Absolutely not. Have I got angry at the wrong moments? Have I gotten angry when I shouldn't have been angry? Have I yelled at people or elevated my voice in a way that would therefore change the direction of the way a conversation is going? Absolutely, I've done all those things. And that's why every day I fall back on my knees and I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And the beauty of 1 John 1, 9 is, is that he does it. He forgives me of all of my unrighteousness, all of those things that I do wrong. He continues to take care of me. And if he does it for me, I know 100% he will do it for you. So today on this Easter Sunday, I want to encourage us to rededicate our lives to Jesus Christ. If we've had those moments that have come up inside of our heart, those moments that have come up inside of our minds, those things that have attacked us from the outside that we absolutely know have nothing to do with what a godly follower of Jesus would be doing, let's repent of those things. Let's cast them at the foot of the cross where Jesus died and let us not pick them up anymore. Let us know that we are forgiven and let us walk through this world as people who are set free, who are born again, and who know Jesus Christ is coming again very, very soon. Mallory, will you close us in prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day and that we will worship you always and love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Five Alive out.